Good morning on this Wednesday morning, and welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought, and for the Imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we've been in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, and we got there because we've been talking about the life of Jesus being made manifest in our mortal bodies. There is no greater way than that manifestation, than He who is the life, giving us brand new bodies that are immortal, that are eternal, that will live forever, and that will be glorified according to how we have on this earth served the Lord. The scripture talks about in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 4, it says, uh, verse number 16, For this cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then in chapter 5, in verse 1 of the book of Second Corinthians, For we know that if our earthly house, talking about our physical bodies, of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a house, a building of God, a house made, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So that is where we have left off, or we were talking about that. But in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, in chapter number 15, we had been reading, in verse 43 onward, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. The word power there is the word dunamis, that miracle working power of God. And the word glory there is the word doxa, uh, as I mentioned before. It is everything that God is, everything that God has. It is the expression of, uh, basically, of everything that God is himself. So we are literally partakers of the glory of God, which was lost when Adam fell. And the scripture says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because of sin, none of us were partakers or could be partakers of it. When Jesus was transfigured on the mountain in Matthew chapter 17, uh, we beheld his glory, uh, his majesty, uh, basically the expression of the inward life manifested through the outward man. The Bible says that when Jesus came, he came uh, full of truth. He came full of glory. He manifested the glory of God uh, here on this earth by everything that he demonstrated. So we're going to have a body that is raised up in glory. It says in verse 44, it is sown <clears throat> a natural body. It's physical, flesh and blood and bone. It is raised a spiritual body. Notice there is a distinction that is made. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. The spiritual body is 
prepared and made by God just like the first Adam where God prepared his physical body by taking of the clay, the dirt, molding it, and of course the 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 breath of life of God being breathed into that physical body. Then the scripture shows us in a verse number uh, 45, and so it is written that the first Adam was made a living soul and the last Adam a quickening spirit. And it mentions the first man, Adam. Not only does the word stand for man, but it also stands for his name, Adam was a living soul. And that's what the Bible says. When the breath of God went into that clay, that clay became a living physical body. But also the combination of the breath of God going into that clay created the human soul with the breath of God, making it a living soul, a living thing. And then, of course, the the human spirit also was imparted into man at that time. So it is written that the, the first Adam was the living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit, a spirit that gives life, a spirit that is life-giving. And verse number 46, however, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. Afterwards, that which is spiritual. And that is true of us. Our spiritual bodies do not and will not come until after this natural body has uh, perished and or the resurrection of Jesus has taken place and we are raised up either from the dead or transformed instantly and immediately. In verse number 47... It says, the first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Verse 48, as the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. So if you're of the earth, then basically of the earth, you are a partaker of your physical body. But in heaven, then everything else is a heavenly body or a spiritual body. In verse 49, it says, and as, as, it continues using that, as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. For in this we groan earnestly, 2 Corinthians 5, 2, desiring to be clothed with our house, which is from heaven. Notice, is not of this earth, it is from heaven. If be if so be that, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. And talking about the new body. For we that are in this tabernacle, this physical body, we do groan, being burdened. And remember we talked about uh, when Jesus said to uh, cast our burdens down on, cast our burden on him, his burden is light. 
basically on this earth we're weighed down. Mostly in the past we're weighed down by sin. But here we're weighed down by basically everything that presses up against us. In the physical, in the soulish, in the natural. Uh, everything. And it says... We that are in this tabernacle, we do groan being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of a life. See, that's what we desire. We're, we're, we, we reach a point where we, we are tired of this physical body. Uh, it, it was made to be a, a, a wonderful, a, won, a wonderful uh, creation, but because of sin, uh, corruption entered in, and of course the body begins to dissolve and corrode, and uh, ultimately it perishes because of death. But death because of sin. When sin entered in, so did death. And then it says that we want to be clothed with that which is life. Well, life is not physical. Life is immortal. It's immortality. This physical life, this biological life, this zuki, soulish life that we have, is temporal in this physical body. But we that are born again, we that serve the Lord, we that have known Him, understand that just as He was raised from the dead with a glorified body, that we also desire to be changed, uh, no longer getting up with those aches and pains and all the little things that affect this physical physical life in which we live in now at the present time. It says in verse number 5, Now he that wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who has given unto us the earnest, the deposit of his Spirit. Therefore, verse number 6, Therefore, we're always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body. Notice, we're at home in the body. If we're out of the body, then we're, we're not at home here. We're, we're no longer. The, the body goes and perishes and, and basically goes back to the dust. But if we are at if if we are at home in the body, then we're absent from the Lord. We're not in His presence uh, spiritually. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And this has been the whole emphasis that we had been talking about, that the spiritual life of Jesus in us is one that is lived out by faith. Faith is that supernatural substance of God that undergirds, that supports the things that we hope for. It makes the invisible visible for us. It says in verse number 8, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And Paul here is simply saying, we would rather be with him than have to go through what we're going through here on earth. But it is the refining of what we go through here on this earth that causes the working of our faith to rub against the pressures of this world. 
and be purified, whether it's seven times, ten times, or a hundred times over, until it comes so precious that our faith is genuine before the Lord. So we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And then it says in verse number 9, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. There it is. Whether we are still living or whether we have already gone to be with the Lord, we want to be accepted of him, which we are. But we want to make sure that our labor, our effort, remember those, all you that labor and are heavy laden, come unto me. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. The things that you have done while you were living in the physical body. According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also we're made manifest in your consciences. So we want to manifest the life of Jesus by allowing God, through faith, to work in our lives just like He, the Heavenly Father, worked in the life of Jesus, manifesting His life through His Son so that the world could know the Father. But they couldn't know Him because they refused to receive Him. But Jesus did tell Philip, uh, Philip, have I been so long with you and you're asking me, you know, show us the Father? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And when people see us, the believer, they should see Jesus in us. I say they should. They probably may or may not, depending on our life and what is being manifested. It says, verse number 12, For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them, which glory in appearance and not in heart. And remember, what's in the heart will be manifested in our lives. For whether we be besides ourselves, it is to God. Whether we be sober, it is for your cause. And these following verses are really wonderful. For the love of Christ constrains me. That's the motive. That is the motive for me living. The motive to live for Christ, to love Christ, constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all are dead. And he that and he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. There is the key. You don't live for yourself. You live unto him that he live out his life through you. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Our redemption is drawing closer. Keep looking up. The Lord Jesus bless you richly. Amen. Good morning on this Wednesday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. 
If you joined us yesterday, we've been in the book of First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. And we got there because we've been talking about the life of Jesus being made manifest in our mortal bodies. There is no greater way than that manifestation than He who is the life giving us brand new bodies that are immortal, that are eternal, that will live forever, and that will be glorified according to how we have on this earth served the Lord. The scripture talks about in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 4, it says, uh, verse number 16, For this cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then in chapter 5, in verse 1 of the book of Second Corinthians, For we know that if our earthly house, talking about our physical bodies, of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a house, a building of God, a house made, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So that is where we have left off, or we were talking about that. But in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, in chapter number 15, we had been reading, in verse 43 onward, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. The word power there is the word dunamis, that miracle working power of God. And the word glory there is the word doxa, uh, as I mentioned before. It is everything that God is, everything that God has. It is the expression of, uh, basically, of everything that God is himself. So we are literally partakers of the glory of God, which was lost when Adam fell. And the scripture says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because of sin, none of us were partakers or could be partakers of it. When Jesus was transfigured on the mountain in Matthew chapter 17, uh, we beheld his glory, uh, his majesty, uh, basically the expression of the inward life manifested through the outward man. The Bible says that when Jesus came, he came uh, full of truth. He came full of glory. He manifested the glory of God. Uh, here on this earth by everything that he demonstrated. So we're going to have a body that is raised up in glory. It says in verse 44, it is sown <clears throat> a natural body. It's physical, flesh and blood and bone. It is raised a spiritual body. Notice there is a distinction that is made. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. The spiritual body is prepared and made by God just like the first Adam where God prepared his physical body by taking of the clay 
the dirt, molding it, and of course the 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 breath of life of God being breathed into that physical body. Then the scripture shows us in a verse number uh, 45, and so it is written that the first Adam was made a living soul and the last Adam a quickening spirit. And it mentions the first man, Adam. Not only does the word stand for man, but it also stands for his name, Adam, was a living soul. And that's what the Bible says. When the breath of God went into that clay, that clay became a living physical body. But also the combination of the breath of God going into that clay created the human soul with the breath of God, making it a living soul, a living thing. And then, of course, the the human spirit also was imparted into man at that time. So it is written that the, the first Adam was the living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit, a spirit that gives life, a spirit that is life-giving. And verse number 46, however, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. Afterwards, that which is spiritual. And that is true of us. Our spiritual bodies do not and will not come until after this natural body has uh, perished and or the resurrection of Jesus has taken place and we are raised up either from the dead or transformed instantly and immediately. In verse number 47, it says, The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Verse 48, As the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. So if you're of the earth, then basically of the earth, you are a partaker of your physical body. But in heaven, then everything else is a heavenly body or a spiritual body. In verse 49, it says, and as, as, it continues using that, as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. For in this we groan earnestly, 2 Corinthians 5, 2, desiring to be clothed with our house, which is from heaven. Notice, is not of this earth, it is from heaven. If be if so be that, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. And talking about the new body. For we that are in this tabernacle, this physical body, we do groan, being burdened. And remember we talked about uh, when Jesus said to uh, cast our burdens down on, cast our burden on him, his burden is light. Uh, basically, on this earth, we're weighed down. Mostly in the past, we're weighed down by sin. 
But here we're weighed down by basically everything that presses up against us in the physical, in the soulish, in the natural, uh, everything. And it says, We that are in this tabernacle, we do groan being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of a life. See, that's what we desire. We're, we're, we, we reach a point where we, we are tired of this physical body. Uh, it, it was made to be a, a, a wonderful, a, one, a wonderful uh, creation, but because of sin, uh, corruption entered in, and of course the body begins to dissolve and corrode, and uh, ultimately it perishes because of death. But death because of sin. When sin entered in, so did death. And then it says that we want to be clothed with that which is life. Well, life is not physical. Life is immortal. It's immortality. This physical life, this biological life, this zuki, soulish life that we have, is temporal in this physical body. But we that are born again, we that serve the Lord... We that have known him understand that just as he was raised from the dead with a glorified body, that we also desire to be changed, uh, no longer getting up with those aches and pains and all the little things that affect this physical physical life in which we live in now at the present time. It says in verse number 5, Now he that wrought us, for the self-same thing is God, who has given unto us the earnest, the deposit of his spirit. Therefore, verse number six, therefore, we're always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, notice, we're at home in the body. If we're out of the body, then we're, we're not at home here. We're no longer, the body goes and perishes and basically goes back to the dust. But if we are at, if, if we are at home in the body, then we're absent from the Lord. We're not in his presence uh, spiritually. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And this has been the whole emphasis that we had been talking about, that the spiritual life of Jesus in us is one that is lived out by faith. Faith is that supernatural substance of God that undergirds, that supports the things that we hope for. It makes the invisible visible for us. It says in verse number 8, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And Paul here is simply saying, we would rather be with him than have to go through what we're going through here on earth. But it is the refining of what we go through here on this earth that causes the working of our faith to rub against the pressures of this world. And be purified, whether it's seven times, ten times, or a hundred times over. 
until it comes so precious that our faith is genuine before the Lord. So we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And then it says in verse number 9, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. There it is. Whether we are still living or whether we have already gone to be with the Lord, we want to be accepted of him, which we are. But we want to make sure that our labor, our efforts, remember those, all you that labor and are heavy laden, come unto me. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. The things that you have done while you were living in the physical body. According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also we're made manifest in your consciences. So we want to manifest the life of Jesus by allowing God, through faith, to work in our lives just like He, the Heavenly Father, worked in the life of Jesus, manifesting His life through His Son so that the world could know the Father. But they couldn't know Him because they refused to receive Him. But Jesus did tell Philip, uh, Philip, have I been so long with you and you're asking me, you know, show us the Father? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And when people see us, the believer, they should see Jesus in us. I say they should. They probably may or may not, depending on our life and what is being manifested. It says, verse number 12, For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them, which glory in appearance and not in heart. And remember, what's in the heart will be manifested in our lives. For whether we be besides ourselves, it is to God. Whether we be sober, it is for your cause. And these following verses are really wonderful. For the love of Christ constrains me. That's the motive. That is the motive for me living. The motive to live for Christ, to love Christ, constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all are dead. And he that and he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. There is the key. You don't live for yourself. You live unto him that he live out his life through you. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Our redemption is drawing closer. Keep looking up. The Lord Jesus bless you richly. Amen.